am I ready? Live from the basement of Voodoo Sound, it's time to get your mojo working. I got my mojo working, but it just won't work on you. Take the next 40 odd minutes to get your hands on some tips and tools that will get you working at your best in both your business and your personal life. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Mojo Radio Show. So for the people who've been with us on the journey, welcome back. Nice to have you here. If you're new to the show and you're listening for the very first time, you're a virgin Mojoite, here's what we do. Robbo and I, and he's the guy sitting next to me, we go out each week and find interesting guests that we think have got something to share with you, the listener, that can help you get your mojo working in and out of the workplace. All interesting stuff, creativity, health, spirituality, happiness, business, all sorts of things. And this week we've got a very special show because we're talking about one of the next steps to finding um, happiness. But before we start the show, before I uh, introduce... Um, the Lord of the Lounge, the King of the House call, being Robbo. One thing, folks, if you're really enjoying the show, just tell a friend because we do this for nothing. And uh, tell a friend, spread the gag, get them on board, sign them up as Mojoites because it makes us feel good. And uh, speaking of feeling good here at the studio, um, Robbo from Voodoo Studios. Buddy, mm. how's it? How you doing? I'm a little James Brown today. A little James Brown. A little James Brown. Feeling good. Feeling good. And if I Feeling can, good. If I can say without fun. offending too many people, fresh out of the shower after a hard night at training, feeling good. Okay. Got a visual. <laughs> Just uh, can't unsee that one. All right. Hey, um, how's your week been? Oh, it's been great. Been very busy doing some work for the lovely people at Woolworths. Oh, okay. The fresh food people. Nice. Fresh food people. Yep. We've uh, we've kicked off <laughs> two nights of training this week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that's been busy. Now, how are the boys? How are the under twelves down at uh, Cherry Brook Oval? Oh, how are they going? What shaping up? Going to give A grade a bit of a rattle this year, I think. They, uh, they're Is all keen right? for it. We um we got back into it uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and uh, mm. yep, they turned up, fired up, and ready to go. We had a bit of a hard session tonight we do we've been doing fitness on a Tuesday night and um and skills on a Thursday night so uh we uh finished off with a good odd game of touch tonight which is always a bit of fun a few smiles a bit of a laugh so um so the couple of shows ago we talked about um having a word that was going to be our focus Mm. for the year and the under 12s took on the word team. How'd they accept that? Do you know what? I actually, uh, I actually had a bit of a chat to them before I introduced my idea of team. And we had a bit of a chat about things that we didn't do very well last year. And one thing that came up as a bit of a common thread, although it was observed in different ways, but it all tied back to team. So hmm. we, um, we as a whole weren't far off as where our focus should go this year, which was nice. And of course, as Guillaume Pereira, the web and internet expert told us, there is an eye in team. There is an eye in team and there is always a place hmm. for an eye in a rugby team. However, the team must come first. My word. So, um, so yeah, we've been enjoying That's it. That's interesting. You're really enjoying it, aren't you? Like, you're, you're liking your coaching time, aren't you? I've loved it since starting at under sixes. Yeah. yeah. It's, um... Yeah. So, tell me something. What do you, um... What do you, what do you take out of it? Like, what, what gives you the greatest joy? My great... The greatest joy, to be honest, is is Jack, my, my 11-year-old. I... I mostly yeah. do it for him because I love the time I get to spend yeah. with him. 
Um, as a coach, however, the greatest thing I love is just is watching the kids progress in the game. I mean, as I said, I started yeah. with them at under sixes when um, they were wide-eyed little kids who didn't have any idea about this game they were playing. And um, there's been boys that have come and gone along the way, but mostly they're all still there and they're progressing into these fantastic little rugby players with grit, I'm proud to say, and, and, um, and, and with some, um, some determination and, and playing in A grade. I mean, you know, hello, the, the mm. top of the Sydney competition. So um, it's, that's, that's it for me, just watching them progress and do mm. so well. Because it's funny because... Uh and the reason I asked the question is because on last week's show, which we had an enormous reaction to, we had a really good reaction mm. to last week's show with Dr. Tim Sharp, who was extraordinary. He's a really good talent. And if you remember, when I pushed him to say, what is the silver bullet? What is the number one thing that if you could identify anything that brings happiness to our lives, he said it's contribution to others. It's actually helping others. And it's kind of really what you're doing with the boys in the under-12s, isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we get a great show this week, and it's a charity I have been following since inception because I was running a session with a company called Concept Amenities, and they make little shampoos and conditioners that go into hotel rooms. Right. And during the session, I talked to them about what they were doing to contribute back to the community. Mm. And out of that session, they came up with a fabulous idea called Soap Aid that we're going to talk about today. And it's just nice seeing an Australian company and Australian people who are contributing to an idea which is making a real difference to children and communities around the world. And I just thought it was worthy to get, uh, to get Michael on the phone to hear the story and maybe inspire people to do something or in fact more for others because it does ultimately bring us happiness so uh michael machulik welcome to the mojo radio show mate thank you great to be part of it so mate i was talking to robbo before we started the show about the um the little shampoos and conditioners and stuff that uh that we see in hotel rooms and uh being from the you know backing from the radio music industry we spent our own fair time in uh in hotel rooms mate tell me just tell me a little bit about Concept Amenities and the business and what it does. What we do is uh, design, supply uh, hotel, bath and body products to, uh, to the hospitality industry and extend into, into cruise lines. But essentially the, the little shampoos and the little soaps and shower yeah, right. caps that, uh, that you would find in, in, uh, in most reputable hotels. So um, I think you probably nailed... Robbo and I, that you said reputable places, so probably we wouldn't have seen too many of your products. <laughs> um, where, would, where would people have seen the great stuff that you produce, Mike? Where, which sort of hotel lines would, would carry that? Well, firstly, I've seen your haircut, Gary, and, and I think our products are really going to go too well. What hair? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go on, boys, get into it. <laughs> so, um, really, it was a wonderful experience to receive uh, the President's Award from Best Western Australasia this year. Um, we've been a, a supplier to, to, uh, to the Best Western family of, of properties for about 27 years, uh, which, is, wow. which is a pretty awesome effort. And, um, yeah, for the first time, they give out this award once a year, and uh, for the first time ever, they awarded it to a supplier, and so it was, it was a wonderful achievement. But, you know, if you stayed at... Um, any of the Radisson's throughout Asia Pacific, or uh, even if you ventured over to Las Vegas, where our US office 
uh, resides um, in the state at the MGM Mirage and Hard Rock and uh, some pretty iconic properties over there. You'll see uh, products that have been designed and developed from uh, from this little old Australian business, which is pretty cool. It's great. Now, Michael, before we talk about Sope, because this, this is a brilliant, brilliant story and very noble, I just want to um, – a question I know that we've got and I'm sure our listeners have is – People nicking the stuff out of the bathroom is that is is that kind of expected? Does the hotel expect people to take that stuff with them? Yeah, um, to a large degree, yes. And you know, and it's it's a form of flattery, really. I mean, um, if the product's good enough for people to like enough to go to the effort to uh, to pack in their in their bags <laughs> on their way home, you know, generally that's a yeah. good thing. Hotels are, uh, have got a great appetite for. Um, providing their guests products that are going to enhance their stay, essentially enhance the experience, as they say. Uh, you know, and, and as a segue to SOAPAID, what we've found is that with regard mm. to the soap, much higher engagement with soap. Um, people go to the toilet, have a shower, um, they will generally wash their hands, wash their bodies with soap. Uh, so, uh, but unlike the liquids, once your soap is used, very, very rarely uh, do those soaps, those used soaps get, get packed up and taken home. They're, they're, they're generally always left behind. So I'm guessing those statistics weren't based on kids, especially mine, in terms of using <laughs> soap. Would that be true? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know, I don't know about the demographic, but you're, you're probably right. <laughs> well, you're about to experience it, right? You're not yeah, far away. <laughs> not far away. Number three arriving in four weeks, yeah. There you go. I, the, we use our soaps we leave them behind in our Best Western hotel room or our Radisson. Tell me, tell me how SoapAid, this, this brilliant project SoapAid, how did that come to be? Well, I've, uh, this is a family, Concept Humanities is a family business and my father founded it uh, 31, 32 years ago. I've been running it for the last five um, well, one of the One of the first activities um, I did when I um, when that transition of leadership occurred was really to help define the purpose of the business and um, mm. uh, well, what came out of that process was was a very clear understanding of our environmental stewardship if you like um, as a result of that we were the first amenity company in the world that we we're aware of uh, the first amenity company in the world to launch a fully biodegradable mm. guest amenity range. One of the one of the um, major outcomes, if you like, from that exercise was uh, when we looked at soap. When we considered the use of soap in hotels is is uh, is extremely high. Um, the waste of soap in hotels is extremely high. And where is it uh, ending up? It's ending up in landfill. So this whole journey of soap actually started out with with a question in mind relating to the environment, but. Uh, it um, yeah, very quickly became a humanitarian project and has been ever mm. since. Um, you know, as soon as we started to ask the question or understand firstly that the problem, but ask the question, you know, what if we could actually collect this soap? What if we could actually return it? And what if we could actually recycle it? What would we do with it? The, the, the actual uh, process of recycling soap didn't exist, so we had to invent it. So thankfully, we had some very uh, talented operational people and, and had uh, a lot of manufacturing experience ourselves. So 
yeah, we, we invented that process, and here we are, four years on down that journey. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very, very important program. So you collect these soaps. So Robbo and I have been to the hotel. We've used the soaps. You then collect them, and you take them back to your place, and you essentially wash them, reformat them, and then you take them out to Indigenous communities or India to help these countries to essentially affect the, the hygiene issues out there. Is that kind of essentially what goes on? Yeah, look, you make it sound very easy. It's, it is soap at the end of the day, so it's, it's, yeah. it, 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 it isn't rocket science, but it's extremely complicated. It's taken us a long yeah. time to get the infrastructure right, to even invent the process, let alone engage with certain partners to help with the logistics. And you can imagine the, the amount of dots we've had to join. Yeah. We've had to partner with uh, a number of uh, amazing um, organisations and uh, probably the most uh, prominent of those is Rotary International. Um, very interesting um, organisation and we've had very detailed strategic discussions with the likes of the UN and UNICEF and uh, World Visions and uh, um, Red Cross, uh, you know, all, all amazing um, organisations. And uh, yeah, Rotary has been quite instrumental in helping us at local level with people on the ground um, at the hotel end and as well at the hands end. So, uh, yeah, it's been, been, been quite a good uh, partnership so far. It's fantastic, mate. Just, just on that point, you had the dream of what you wanted to do. Your team had the purpose. It came from a great question. And before you started the invention, before you started finding partners, for someone who's listening and they wanted to do the same thing with their organisation to help out to do something good for somebody else, what would you say was the first thing that you guys did to get the ball rolling? What was When you put the rubber on the road, do you recall how you physically got started? <laughs> yeah, as, as, a, as a first step for me in my situation was to get the support of the people involved at board level for concept amenities. And then, you know, the research involved um, in um, in understanding what what was uh, what was about to unfold. You know, it was really really important to understand uh, the level of investment. No, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about time and energy. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And uh, you know, the emotional investment to to make it happen. Um, you know, I also became a father uh, for the first time uh, around mm. about then. You know, so my perspective on life um, had a bit of a centre of gravity shift as well, um, but, but certainly my purpose as a person um, was, uh, uh, was something that I was willing and, you know, and able to sort of help redefine. And, um, you know, so far it's been a, a major part of that for me as, as an individual. Mike, has this changed you as a leader? I could answer that, you know, I guess in, in, a, in a vague uh, answer to that question, I think that's probably best answered by the people that, uh, that I lead. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think so. I think it's certainly added, it's, it, I, I feel I've gained a great deal of substance in my life, which, which has um, uh, helped me be a little clearer in the way that I lead the business. Mate, um, this journey's been going on for a number of years now because I've kind of watched you put this whole thing together, which I think is just so noble. And as, as a leader, you know, good on you for doing it, mate. Congrats. Um, 
Just tell us the impact that Soap Aid has had on these world communities. Yeah, we um, we just had a, a study uh, through a well-known Australian university to help measure uh, and capture the, the real impact, the, the, the life-saving impact that we're having. So we've actually measured that independently. Yep. The actual environmental benefit of Soap Aid. From a, a, a life-saving benefit perspective, from a humanitarian benefit, that's going to take some time. We've, we've committed to a, um, a study going to unfold over over the course of a couple of years uh, for students yeah, to yeah. be able to travel to India and to measure the before and after effect, if you like. The true legacy for SOPAID is around changing behaviours. Yeah. It's the social mm. science of uh, changing behaviours around hygiene. You know, we're, we're, we, I just got off a plane from India a month ago and went to physically see uh, these communities that we're intending to uh, distribute our soap to. Um, and speak with some very high-level government officials and so on to, uh, to to ensure that that process is done as best we can in India and just came back with uh, with a whole new lease of life around this program, just great confidence that the people we're dealing with are the right people we need to be dealing with, but, but ultimately great confidence that the... Um, uh, that the process and the strategy that we're going to have in place in India is going to work. Um, the, the legacy is is, is actually uh, in, in not just introducing a bar of soap to these families, but changing their behaviours around when and how yeah. to use soap. These are communities yeah. that have never ever used or seen a bar of soap. You've got to, you've got yeah. to sort of layer layer it back to that basic level. It's, it's amazing. So, Mike, what impact um, has this had on your business with the people? in your business and or your suppliers who know you're doing so bad, what would you say the level of impact it's had with them? I mean, is it really cutting through? Does, does anybody care in the business and um, from a supplier perspective, customers, clients? Well, I've ensured that, that they do care. I mean, it's, it's something that we talk about. You know, it's all in the communication, as you can appreciate. Um, yeah. It's it's something we talk about a lot. Um, uh, it's something that um, my staff at Concept Humanities are actually quite involved in certain processes, whether it be designing of marketing materials, whether it be talking to hotels uh, about the program. Um, it, it's just become part of our language. Um, nice. And, yeah. and as, as I said at the start, you know, part of our purpose. This is an expression. Of, uh, of why we exist. You know, it goes well beyond just the products that we develop and design and supply. I think it's been, I think it's been quite positive. Most, if not all, of our suppliers, um, business partners are very well aware of, of the existence of SOPAID and, and, um, and that we are a business, Concept Manage is a business that, um, that, has, uh, that has helped make it happen. So I think it's, it's a great expression of, of who we are. Great. And so, so obviously it's enhanced the brand. I mean, with all you do in the hotel, to be able to, to say that we're not only doing a wonderful job in their bathrooms with the amenities, but also for society and humanity, that must be uh, it. Must be really adding a, a real texture and, and authenticity to the concept amenities brand, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, without any doubt. Uh, you know, it's a major. It's interesting. You know, who, who you talk to, and, and some people have got a, a greater appetite for, for, mm. for talking about those things than others. Um, uh, interestingly, in, in the hotel world, you know, it, it's, it's, it's evolved dramatically in the last five to ten years, uh, in particular the last five, uh, where, you know, we're talking to people 
that their entire job, they might be the director of corporate responsibility or director of sustainability. Um, you know, those types of roles in that industry didn't exist five years ago. Yeah. So there are people there that, that only want to talk about that. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a very nice thing to be able to talk to people that want to talk just beyond product. Well, just having done this now, having been to India, um, worked with Rotaries and met with UNICEF, you've got your staff behind it, you talk to the hotel industry about it, your customers, your clients. What would you say personally in the last few years has been your biggest learning from all this? Um, I guess, um, yeah, on reflection, I think um, patience is a virtue. Um, in the commercial world, you know, running a business, you can tend to pace the growth and the, uh, you know, the, the evolution of your business mm, at, yeah. at your pace, um, mm. subject to funding and subject to staffing and all those things to help operate the business, you, you can sort of, you, you can make a business successful at a pace that you can set, essentially. Um, and with regard to a charity, very interesting. I mean, um, it's, it's been incredibly slow. Uh, it's It's been... Um, amazingly rewarding, uh, but it's just been very. It's been a very steep learning curve for me to to be, you know, very patient with this. And I couldn't um, recommend enough for somebody to challenge themselves, their team, you know, to to be able to embark on something like this. But uh, yeah, on, on reflection, I think um, for me, yeah, patience is. Uh, <laughs> has been tested. Is there a piece of advice you give somebody? I think what you just said is very true. I mean, we talked to a lot of people who want to do good, who want to leave the, leave the world having left a legacy or done something for somebody else. If there's someone listening to this, whether it be a leader, an entrepreneur, or you know, someone who works in a big business but wants to do something personally, is there a piece of advice you would give them? Um, yeah, I mean, follow your heart. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I think that's, that's what drives us all. Um, you know, that, that gut feel, very, very important, I think. Um, you know, I, I went through a, a process, as I, start, as, I, as I mentioned at the start of this program, um, uh, a fairly structured process about defining what our purpose was as a business. I think if, you, if you're just true to yourself and, uh, and you, can, you, you keep your eyes open, um, open to those type of suggestions. So you, you obviously started this with a dream in mind of what you and the guys wanted to achieve, having now started the process, you're in it, you're doing it, you've got the partners, you've been to India, you've met with dignitaries. What's the dream now, mate? Like in three, five years, 10 years' time, what's, what's the ultimate dream that Michael Minchulik's got in mind for SOPAD? Yeah, we, we've got one reprocessing facility uh, currently. That's, that's in Melbourne. Um, so we're collecting and, and reprocessing waste soaps from the hotel industry in Australia predominantly right now. The vision mm. for SOPAID is to be truly global. Uh, you know, we use the term at board level quite a lot, um, again, with tongue-in-cheek, you know, that, that this will be as big as Texas. Um, it has fantastic global scale and, and opportunity, and, and ultimately the more soaps, soap waste that we can collect and reprocess, more lives we get to save. So, um, uh, the 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 vision for SOPAID is is to have multiple reprocessing sites uh, in you know strategic locations around the world. Um, 
um, in the States and in Europe, in the Middle East, in, in Asia, uh, with a view that, um, you know, that, that can help funnel more soap to, uh, to critical communities, uh, communities around the world in, in, in desperate need for something as simple as soap. Mate, I think, uh, I think what you're doing is fantastic. And I think within this, um, this little chat we've had, there's such, such good value and gold for people because, you know, I even spoke to a lady on the phone this morning. I was doing some work with her one-to-one and, uh, she mentioned a big gap in, in her world and her mojo was giving back to community in some way. So I think there would be a lot of people um, listening who have that gap. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like it started for you with getting the purpose the purpose right, whether it be the business or for an individual, having your purpose right, questioning that purpose and what can be done around that purpose, having the right question in mind then you said you had to find the right partners behind you. In some cases, you actually had to invent new technology in order to be able to do it. So you've got to think different. If it's not currently there, work out what would need to happen to be able to do it. But keep, keep progressing step by step and in the back of your mind, just know that it takes patience in order to get these things done. Would that be fair as a, as a kind of an assessment of kind of what we've talked about for the last sort of, 20 minutes? Yeah, very. You know, I think, um, you know, having a little bit of luck along the way also helps, but um, it, it continues to amaze me today uh, about the, the genuine, authentic nature of the people that you work very closely with now, that may even be in your team right now, uh, suppliers that you deal with. Uh, it could be government officials that you had uh, no interest in dealing with previously, but but uh, you know are just genuinely engaged with with uh, what you're doing now. Mm. Um, it's surprised me about the nature the the nature of people uh, when you're talking when you're no longer talking to them about a commercial motive. Uh, when you're talking to them about a, you know being part of something, partnering with something, assisting something, uh, providing some direction. Uh, in, in, with regard to a program that is just there to do good, um, yeah, it's it's brilliant. And and you know that's uh, one of the major things I've gained out of this um, journey so far from a professional point of view is that uh, you know ultimately there are a lot of great people in this world and and uh, uh, you know and without asking them the right sort of questions, maybe asking them at the right sort of time. You may not know quite how amazing that person is or, or that organisation is. It's, uh, it's been, yeah. been very interesting, eye-opening for me, I, I must say, on, on a number of levels. Well, mate, I know how much you've got going on. Um, Michael Machulik is the CEO of Concept Amenities. He's running a fabulous charity called SoapAid. He's about, about to become a dad for the third time and he is ramping up his training for an Ironman. So, mate, you, um, you've got, you got a lot on your plate, so we're not going to hold you up. Before we let you go back to your, uh, your day, um, anybody listening who wants to find out more about concept amenities and in particular from this interview SoapAid, where would you send them? Uh, go and visit uh, SoapAid's. Dot org. Uh, that'd, that'd be a great, um, a great spot to, to visit and, and learn a little bit more about uh, about what, what we're doing there and meet the team. 
there's a couple of great videos on there to, to help capture the story and and the purpose of soap aid and how how it works. Um, so there's there's a couple of uh, very efficient uh, videos there for you to have a look at. And um, you know, ultimately, the sustainability of the program it comes back to funding. So there's a there's a great uh, link, very quick link there that you can hit if uh, if you're interested at all in donating any funds to SOPAID to help uh, ensure the sustainability of the program, uh, that would also be wonderful. And how would they find you? Just through the Concept Amenities website, Mike? Is that the best? Yeah, SOPAID or Concept Amenities websites. Okay, and the website for Concept Amenities is conceptamenitiesamenities.com, correct? Correct. Mate, uh, you're a great man doing great work and we, um, on behalf of Rob and I, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy day to... um, to have a bit of a rave with us. I think from when it was an idea just floating around to where you are now, it's, um, it's very noble, mate, and I, and I hope you're taking time to sit back and celebrate from time to time because um, it's, it's cool, super cool. Yeah, thanks for your support. I really appreciate your time and, and love the show. Beauty. Good on you, mate. Take care, guys. Good luck on Ironman. Cheers. Help us get the Mojo Radio Show on the iTunes What's Hot list. Hit up the Mojo Radio Show and leave a comment now. Oh, and please... You are such a disappointing pair. Be gentle with us. So don't you think that Soap Age story is just a great story? Yeah, and you know the best thing about that story? What? I don't have to ask for any samples. I can just pop down to my local Accor hotel and, you know, pick up a few. Just nick a few. <laughs> nick a few. Yeah, and what's, what's even better... If you nick a few, wash your hands and leave them there, they'll go straight to the children who need them the you most. Go. There you go, folks. Next time you're at a hotel, every bar of soap you can get your hands on, open it up and leave it on the sink. Just leave it there. And know you're doing the right thing. Absolutely. By the children of the world. Yep, indeed. But I, it's just good, though. It's Australian company. He's a good guy. I just, I just like that story. Mm. The Mojo Radio Show. So listen, Gaz, just before we go... Mm. Um, I was going through the uh, the Voodoo Sound audio vaults the other day oh, yeah. and happened to come across something that, that you may well remember. Well, you should remember. Right. Here we go. Have a listen to this. Okay. Opportunity, problem solving, Studio. creative thinking, time management, Studio. brainstorming, ask yourself why, Studio. creating ideas, taking challenges, Studio. ask yourself how. Think creatively. You'll find it all in the studio of the mind. Studio of the mind. Now, Rusty, we've been talking about brainstorming here in the studio, and I know that you have an interesting brainstorming technique that you've used in the radio networks. Yeah, it was one that uh, I only tried just uh, recently, as a matter of fact. Normally, when we think of brainstorms, we think of getting everybody into a boardroom or to a meeting room, sitting down and going through the typical brainstorm process. This one was one where I used the email at the office and quite simply all I did was send out a question to a problem that I had and send it to everybody on staff. The situation was one where the client that I was doing a campaign for actually brews Australia's most popular beer. However, their major competitor, through like massive international advertising, has the rest of the world believing that their product is actually what Aussies drink. Of course, our client wanted to inform overseas visitors when they arrived in Australia what beer we really drank. So the creative idea was actually built around this misconception that, say, kangaroos don't really jump down the main street of Sydney, and likewise, we don't really drink beer X, we drink beer Y. What I needed to find out were more misconceptions. Like, I had a few ideas and, I, and you know, whether the water flows down the wrong way, down the plug hole, all that sort of thing, but I only had a handful of them. I wanted tons of them. I wanted to do a big campaign and I needed so many different examples. 
So what I did was simply that. I asked everybody on staff through the email, what are the misconceptions? And you wouldn't believe how many responses I got back. It was really overwhelming. And from people that I never expected to, to put their thinking cap on in this sense. So, Rusty, the, what, what you're saying is that you actually ran a brainstorm from your desk utilising everybody on staff, and that could be 50 or 60 people, using today's technology. Yeah. And you generated all these ideas. Oh, it was huge. It was too easy to do. In fact, it's, it made me think, why didn't I do it sooner? You know, I'm, we're sitting there in the office trying to work on different campaigns, and yet we've got all of these resources sitting just outside, the right on our doorstep. Use them all the time. Use everyone that's around you. And I guess another nice thing about it is that when people receive the email with the question on it for the, for the issue, the brainstorm, they can spend their time and answer at their leisure. They don't have to do it right there and now. They can actually wait 15 minutes or 20 minutes or go away, have a think about it, come back and then send you back the response. Yeah, exactly. That's the, one of the great things about it, I guess, that sort of technology. You can reply when it suits you. The pressure's not quite on you to perform there and then. You haven't got, uh, you're not people demanding an answer straight away. Um, they can have a bit of a think about it when they're not busy or even when they are busy. Sometimes that's when the idea can come, uh, but get back to me at their leisure. And, of course, another flow-on effect is that everybody at the, at the workplace is actually involved and feeling more involved, and I think certainly in larger businesses, there are really positive things to get uh, out of that sort of situation. It's also probably a nice technique to use for people who may not feel comfortable in a normal brainstorm situation where they feel a bit overwhelmed by the people who are seen as being the creatives who are in the boardroom. Yeah, you're quite right. There's no face-to-face pressure in that regard. People can just respond when they're feeling ready and comfortable. Uh, but it's just like an easy way to communicate, I guess, isn't it? And it's if you come up with a killer idea, anybody can then they can shoot it back to you and you'd be surprised just who might have these great ideas in their heads. So that's a great technique to try. Use today's modern technology and if you're having a brainstorm, don't necessarily call everybody together, but use the email. Email your issue out to the other people and have them respond to you on email. You can generate loads of ideas by doing this and you haven't got to leave your desk. Rusty, thanks for coming in. It was great to have you here. Pleasure. And we look forward to hearing some excellent creative ads on the radio on the Triple M Network around Australia. Thanks, mate. Do it. Man, oh, I remember that stuff. That, um, gee, that, that was a great session. And that voice there was um, Rusty Graham, wasn't it? He was one of the great creative writers at Triple M back in the day, and now I think he's still writing for one of the other FM stations uh, around Australia. Nova. Nova. He is one of the great writers. Oh, Rusty Graham. There's a a famous name in in, uh, Triple M archives. Mm, Absolutely. You know who else was in there. Remember who else was in there? Do you remember you had Peter Overton in to do some stuff? Oh, who's now reading the news on Channel Channel 9, 9, right? Yeah. What is such a cool guy? He was a lovely guy, Peter yeah, Overton. He was. You know, apparently, wow. I've never met him, but apparently my, the people I know who work at Channel 9 tell me that he still is a lovely guy, which was nice to know. Yeah, yeah. No, he was a champion, lovely guy. So there you and, go. Uh, that good, was, and a good laugh, too. That was also our first collaboration outside of Triple M, if I remember correctly. It was, too. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Very good. A long time ago. That's great, ago mate. Now. That's a good blast to pass. That's good Good for my brain to fire off the synapses. Do you know that, that was um, almost 20 years ago? Just occurred to me? <laughs> oh, no. Yes. It wasn't. It would be. No. Yeah. Mate, 20 years is like the Rolling Stones. It's like, <laughs> Keith, it's like Keith and Mick. It's like John Bon Jovi and Richie <laughs> Sambora. Yeah. It's like Bono and The Edge. It's like Robbo and Bertie. They're, you can say it in the same sentence, the Elton same John breath. and Bernie Taupin. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I'm out of here. Out. 
Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at the Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see GaryBurtWhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out VoodooSound.com.au and for the right voice, RealTimeCasting.com Andrew Peter speaking. See you next time.